told the folk last night to have a pastor who is conscious about his roots. And so we thank him. And I have something I want to give to him. I always, every, every church I, I'm in, I get a pastor. Come on up, Doc. I'm going to give you this. This is the, this is the African, the original African Heritage Study Bible, King James Version. And Doc, I'd like to give this to you, man. <laughs> Blessings on you, man. Right. Right. You got a good pastor. You got a good man. You got a Christian. And that's a blessing. Now, as I told the folk last night, I always have to do a preamble when I do black history. And it's because most of the times people think that black history is a black thing. But black history is a part of world history. It's just been left out of the history books. And so I have to always find myself explaining that I don't care about color. Color is not my issue, saints. God can't be contained to a color. But this is what you must understand. That God has called me as an Adventist minister to tell the truth. And people have fabricated some of the stories in the Bible. And they've taught it like it was truth. I can't lie. If I see what the Bible says, I've got to tell you what it says. And you know me, I don't, I don't bite my tongue when it comes to telling the truth. I don't put any sugar on it. I have to tell it like it is. So to me, one woman said to me one time, she said, Pastor, she said, you know, I don't see the necessity of black history. I said, oh, really? She said, the color is not important. I said, you're right. I said, but truth is, it's not about the color. It's about the truth of what the Bible says. And some of us don't even know what it, it's been saying. We've been looking at it, and it's been sitting in plain view, right in your eyes, and you still don't see it. And so I asked God, if this is not what you want me to do, take it from me. And he told me, no, keep teaching it, so that's what I'm doing. And as I shared with the folk last night, as I hurry up and get through this, so I won't keep you long. I said, Lord, if this is what you want me to do, give me a white audience. And he did. Three years ago, Carolina Conference. Preached it there. You know what? You know what the subject was? This same Jesus. Ye men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus which you saw going to heaven shall come in like manner as you've seen him going to heaven. And so I had a trying to figure out how to fix that sermon before I did it. But you know what? It said, this same Jesus, which you saw going to heaven, is coming back. So I said, well, in order for me to find out what he's going to look like when he comes, I got to find out what he looked like when he left. Because the Bible says the same Jesus is coming back. So what I did, I went into my research and I researched it. And you know what I found out? That he was black when he left. And he's going to be black when he comes back. He's not going to change his color to please nobody. So let's, let's look at it. And this afternoon, we'll be dealing with just a little bit of that in the seminar. But this afternoon, the subject will be, did the curse of Noah change your skin color and make you black? 
Now my wife is giving me a signal and I want to know what it is. <laughs> you know it's men, Pete. You know, she, she's doing that little thing. What is it? No, that's, no, it's the same thing. She got my back. You know this is the apple of my eye. You know she's the only woman on my universal intergalactic radar screen. You know that, right? This is her. God has given me a good woman and gave me a second chance at happiness, and I'm so thankful. I really am. I'm thankful. But my subject this morning is, why are black people so sick? We are the sickest people on the planet. Let's pray. Loving Father, we thank you for all of your blessings. Hide this female instrument behind you, Lord. Let your name be glorified and your people edified. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. In Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. What you don't know can hurt you. In 1 Corinthians 6:19, it says these words. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Being black in America can be hazardous to your health. It is a documented fact, saints, that blacks in America and around the world are the sickest people on the planet. But why is this true? What we want to do today is show you some history and help you to understand that God wants us to be healthy. The reason I'm preaching this sermon today, this is the first time or the second time now I've preached a sermon like this in all my ministry. And it's because a woman challenged me. She said, Pastor Bruce, you talk about black history, but can you do something about what condition are people in health-wise this day? I said, you know, I never thought about that, so let me get busy. But, you know, we're going to look at our health before slavery, our health during slavery, our health after slavery, and our health today. Knowing that we're at risk for heart disease, diabetes, strokes, and cancer, what can we do to reverse some of these things? Because, you know, most of these diseases that they tell us can't be cured, can be cured. You can get rid of diabetes. Cancer can be cured. Heart disease can be reversed. It depends on how late it is and how long, if you catch it, it can be reversed. But you know something? How can we become healthier? We must discipline ourselves to put nothing in our bodies that will defile these bodies. Work with me now. We'll get to the meat in a minute. I got to lay this foundation. Nothing we should put in these bodies that will defile this temple. Why, preacher? Because don't you know that your body is a living temple of God where the Holy Spirit dwells? 
Question, would you live in a dirty house? Then how do you expect the Holy Spirit to dwell in an unclean temple? You're putting anything you want to put in this body, drinking anything you want to drink, tasting anything you want to taste, and think God's supposed to accept that. No, 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 God wants your best. He wants your best, why? Because you are a vessel of God, and God, in God there is no impurity, in God there is no sickness, so we're trying to be like Jesus. In order to do that, we've got to eat right. Ladies and gentlemen, eating will mess with your thinking. You're mighty slow on that. Saints, eating, what you eat will affect how you think. Oh, you don't believe me? Okay, I tell you what. Don't do this today. But tomorrow, when you eat your breakfast, get a soda and drink those 17 teaspoons of sugar with it that's in the soda. Then get you a piece of pound cake and eat that on the side for your dessert and see how you think. Listen, saints. Elijah Muhammad was right. He said, you are what you eat. Whatever you put in this body, you're going to reap it. Lord, have mercy. I don't know. Listen, let me, let me move on. Listen, the Holy Spirit cannot dwell in an unclean temple. We must be educated about health. We must protect our health. We must practice health principles. We must understand what sowing and reaping means. I read a statement the other day, saying that says, God says, Ellen White says, that God will not interfere with the reaping of what you sowed. He will forgive you, but you're going to reap what you sow. God will not interfere with the reaping process. That's why it's so important for us to put in these bodies what we need to put in these bodies and understand that when you put the right things into these bodies, God will bless what he said he would bless. He told ancient Israel, if you eat right, none of these diseases will I put upon you. God will forgive you. But let's see how we got into this mess. You know, every disease that comes around right now, they say it came out of Africa. West Nile disease. AIDS. A green monkey jumped on an African and bit him, and that's how we got AIDS. That is a bunch of foolishness, saints. AIDS is a retrovirus. It is a man-made virus. And how did it get into Africa? Through the smallpox vaccines and through the CDC putting out medicine that was outdated. They injected those medicines. This stuff has been proven now. They, they make it look like you, you are dealing with a, um, a conspiracy theory when you start dealing with real truth. Medicines that are put in your community now, you better be suspect of what you're taking. Because we are the sickest people on the planet. And it's not an accident that we are the sickest people on the planet. There's a mind and a design behind why black people are so sick. We're going to get into it in just a few minutes. 
So every disease comes out of Africa. It's supposed to be, this is where it originated, but this is not true. And if you would give me five minutes, I need to lay this foundation for you about this, because this is very, very, very important. Ladies and gentlemen, Africa is not the origin of all these diseases that they say comes out of Africa. Africa today has the highest disease burden, not because Africa was the originator of these diseases, but because these diseases came outside of Africa. Do you realize, Saints, that Ebola, West Nile virus, SARS, and bird flu came out of Asia? Ladies and gentlemen, Eurasia is Europe and Asia, and most of the diseases came out of Europe and Asia, and when they colonized our people and went into Africa, they brought these diseases with them and wiped us out. Okay, let me give you some facts then. Syphilis and gonorrhea originated from animals and people having sex with animals. All domesticated animals were domesticated in Europe and in Asia. I want that to sink in. I'll say it again. All domesticated animals were domesticated in Europe and in Asia. Europe and Asia, ladies and gentlemen, is where these diseases originated. Number one, it originated there because the plants and animals were domesticated in Europe and Asia. Europe and Asia, population began to expand and grow real fast. I want you to follow me. When the population began to grow real fast, then that means that they found and developed a way to produce food in a way that people would have a lot of food. And so what happened then is that when the food became more plentiful, people moved to areas where the food was. Not only did they move to the area where the food was, but war broke out and the warlords wanted to protect their food and so people began to congregate into the area where there were a lot of animals. So animals and people dwell together. You've ever seen, you've seen on TV where man's best friend is who? And you see people with letting a dog lick them in the mouth? Well, when Europe and Asia domesticated these animals and found a way to grow food where it would be plentiful, what happened was that People were congregated behind closed walls, sleeping with their animals. Dogs sleeping in the same bed. Now, wait a minute, I may have upset somebody, but I don't mean it. <laughs> but dogs and animals sleeping together, and here's what happened. Some of the diseases, because men were sleeping in close proximity with animals, some of the diseases of the animals jumped on humans and mutation took place, and then when humans got it, they passed it on to other humans. 
But syphilis and gonorrhea are known to come from animals. Mm. It was during this time that Africa did not have domesticated animals until thousands of years later. Africa didn't live in areas that were city states where everybody was close up together with animals. If you've ever been to Africa, you, Africa is a huge place. And people live spaced out. People have space, villages. Am I telling the truth, my sister? Africa is a huge place, and what, what it does, everybody wasn't living together until colonization came along. Then we started practicing what Europeans have done. We wanted to live in cities like they live, and, we, and that's why we have so much trouble now, trying to copy everybody instead of being original. So then, you had infections that jumped from animals, then to humans, and then from humans to humans. Captain Cook, anybody hear of Captain Cook? Yeah. Captain Cook was a British explorer. He was the one that took typhoon to Hawaii in seven, probably typhoid fever to Hawaii in 1779. The Spaniards took smallpox to Mexico in 1618. And when they took smallpox to Mexico, that population was reduced from 20 million to 1.6 million. When Europeans came to America and they got among the Native Americans, they laced the Native Americans' blankets with smallpox and nearly decimated all of Native Americans that were privy to messing with those blankets. When Europeans went to Britain and went into Australia and went all over the place, especially in Australia, they poisoned the water, the drinking water of the Tasmanian people and they're no longer in existence. They had become extinct. Ladies and gentlemen, the diseases that they brought with them included influenza, tuberculosis, smallpox, measles, and that comes from pigs and dogs, malaria, which kills most of Africans today through deadly viruses, typhoid, and cholera. These are diseases that did not originate in Africa. They came from Europeans and they brought it into Africa when they colonized Africa and we took on these diseases. Now, is it any wonder how we are this sick today? Wait a minute, I'm not finished yet. No, 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 you, you gotta wait, you, you got to get this. In Uganda, after the arrival of European colonists, there was an explosion of epidemics of unknown diseases, smallpox, the plague, gonorrhea, and syphilis. In 1897, 80% of the diseases that were in Uganda were syphilis because they raped our women. Is it any wonder why we sick? And in the 1900s at Tuskegee, they did syphilis experiments 
For 40 years, from 1932 to 1972, they deceived black males that they were helping them to get rid of syphilis, and they were experimenting on how syphilis worked. Just recently, one of them was 96 years. He was the last one, and he died. Ladies and gentlemen, there have been experiments going on on Africans since slavery. The father of God, modern-day gynecology, was the one that used to experiment on black women without anesthesia because they stated that blacks are less than human and they can't feel pain like we feel pain. So therefore, they were experimenting on them without giving them any anesthesia. In the prison system today, they're still putting stuff in the water. Ask anybody that's been to jail, they'll tell you. They know what's going on in prison. Why is it that there's so much hatred against you as an African people? Why is it that people want you to be sick and want you to be destroyed? Do you know why, saints? It's because of the fact that you remind the devil of Jesus. You don't understand what I'm saying. I had to have this revealed to me when I came from Zimbabwe one year. And I was home doing some research on my typewriter and my computer. And I started thinking about the plight of black people. And I said, Lord, Lord, why is it that everywhere we go, somebody's got their foot on our neck, Lord? Why is it that everywhere we go, somebody's got their foot on our neck with the last hired and the first fired, Lord? They're doing all that. And I broke down and started crying. I could not stop myself. I just cried and cried, and so much water came up from my eyes. I almost destroyed my computer. And when I, 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 said, I said, Lord, I said, what is it? Why is it that black people are suffering like this? We're not cursed. And then when I got myself together, the Lord said to me, and I know it was him because when he talks to me, something important, he always calls me by my first name. He said, Wesley. Not in audible voice, but he spoke to my mind. He said, Wesley. He said, the reason black people have it so hard. He said, because every time Lucifer looks at a black person, it reminds him of the black savior who whooped him on Calvary. And I thought about that. And I said, if I took somebody's mother and kicked her down 10 flights of stairs and beat her into an inch of her life, every time that person would see somebody that looks like the one that did that to their mother, they would say, that's that rascal that almost killed mama. Racism is of the devil. Lucifer is the author of racism. And what you must understand, there are people that, that say that black people are racist. You cannot be racist. You can be prejudiced, but you cannot be racist. Racism means you got power over somebody else. You don't have power over anybody. What I'm saying, I'm saying this. Racism has power to deny you promotion, to deny you a good education, to deny you equal housing, and equal job. You don't have that kind of power. Now, you can be prejudiced because somebody's nose looks funny, uh, uh, but, but you can't be racist. Racist is a power thing. Prejudice is because someone looks different than what you look like. Anybody can be prejudiced, but racism is what you're fighting, saints. And I must say this, there are good white people all across this world that have died with us, have fought with us on the battlefield, has fought trying to help us to get freedom, and, and some of these people lost their lives. They're good Christian white people. So I'm not talking about white and black in that sense. I'm talking about a system of white supremacy that we call racism, and everybody's scared to talk about it in the pulpit. 
Pastor, you shouldn't be talking about racism on the Sabbath. What are you talking about? You experience racism every day of your life. Especially with the administration that's up there now, you're experiencing so much racism that it doesn't even make sense. So what was your health like before slavery? You ate natural fruits, nuts, and grains. <laughs> Come on, some of you older folk from the country, y'all remember? Some of the older folk from Jamaica and from the Caribbean, you remember what y'all used to eat? Plantain? Cassava? Come on, just beans? Cornmeal mush? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You had the natural peas from the field. You had the natural rice that you cut yourself. You were eating good, wholesome food. But listen, you had minerals, uh, and, and the soil was, was nutritious, and, and, and the minerals were still in the soil. The water was clean. The air was pure. We ate fruits, nuts, and grains. Yeah, we did eat some fish, and there's some meats that we did eat, but we had exercise because in Africa, there's a lot of walking. The walking is people I've ever seen in my life. Walk, thousands of people walking. I mean, walk for miles. It's no good. I'm walking. I'm puffing, blowing. It's, Come on, Pastor, keep up. I said, No, man. I said, Wait, give me time. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. But see, you had plenty of water. They were building and planting, and we got plenty of sleep. People are not getting sleep. Even young people are missing sleep. Let me tell you why you're not getting sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm being practical this morning. Is that all right? Can I be practical? Can I teach instead of preach? Okay, let, let me teach. That's what I want to do. In your brain, you have a, you have a, 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 a little thing about the size of a, a grain of corn called the pineal gland in the center of your brain. And the pineal gland is for producing melanin. And melanin produces melatonin, which is, gives you skin pigmentation. Well, melanin does a lot of things. Melanin helps you to feel good about yourself. Melanin also gives you rhythm. That's why, that's why you can move. You know, you got that rhythm. You got that, uh-oh, shucks. You, know, you, you, you got rhythm, right? Melanin is what gives you, I only know the one two-step. That's all I know. Anything else, I don't know. Y'all got it. I don't know nothing else. I'm not a dancer, but I can do the old one two-step. Can't do any more, but I can do that. But now listen, melanin is produced between the hours of 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. at night. Melanin is controlled through the light that comes through your eyes. And that's why you should sleep in an all-dark room. No TV. Amen. No electric lights. Total darkness. Because the minute a light comes on, it, it interferes with the production of melanin, and melanin is that thing that helps you to feel good about yourselves. So people who work the midnight shift and from 12, they don't get enough melanin. That's why they're nervous sometimes, and some of them have nervous breakdowns because you're not getting that proper amount of melanin. So now, so they sleep in Bray Dark. We were sleeping. We had better health because we were sleeping. Our families were unified. Did, weren't we? Come on, saints, weren't we? During slavery, things began to change. Because when the slaves came, slave uh, masters came to Africa, 
you had contact with Europeans that had all these diseases. These diseases were unknown in Africa. Yes, we had yellow fever and sleeping fever, but you never had anything like what's happened now and happened during the times that all these diseases started coming among African people. We never had these kinds of diseases. As a matter of fact, let me read something. And I forgot to read this because I'm trying to hasten. In 1839, according to the British medical records, six inf infectious diseases accounted for almost all deaths in Britain. You know what they were? Tuberculosis, typhoid fever, cholera, dysentery, and smallpox. No record or history of such diseases exists outside of Europe and Asia like this. Nothing in Africa existed like that. You remember the Black Plague came in Europe? Remember the disease called the plague? It came from rats. So when people were sleeping in close contact with all these rats running across the food, that's how that black plague devastated Europe and killed a lot of Europeans. So now, when the Europeans came and enslaved you and put you on the slave ship, Lord help us, it took a heavy toll. Lying in the belly of the slave ships, packed like sardines in a can. We suffered for 12 long weeks it took to get from West Africa over to North America. In the meantime, they dropped off on the Caribbean islands from Jamaica, uh, South and Central America. They dropped slaves off everywhere. And here's the thing why we're sick and we're under stress and pressure is because the kind of stress and animosity we have now among each other is killing us. Ladies and gentlemen, when the slave ships left Africa, there were no African-Americans on that ship. There were no Jamaicans on that ship. There were no Trinidadians on that ship. There were no Barbadians on that ship. There were no Haitians on that ship. We were one people. We were Africans. And now people are dividing us based on where you come from. That's what's killing us. Stress will kill you. We can't even be comfortable among each other. Where do you come from? Man, it does not matter where I come. Look at me. I'm look, I look just like you. What do you mean where I come? We all came from Africa. Even white people came from Africa. Oh, Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't believe me, go on the Internet when you get home oh, this evening. Look up Chinese geneticist slash zebrafish and you know what you will see you will see a chinese geneticist talking to people in academia they're talking to college professors and one lady asked him said professor do you mean to tell me that white people came from black people in africa he said yes he said all white people came from black people in africa through mutation Ladies and gentlemen, this is not even debatable anymore. This is a genetic scientific fact that whether you're black, white, red, yellow, brown, all people came from a black woman and a black man in Africa that we in Christianity call Adam and Eve. This is not even debatable anymore. 
Now, if I was a white man standing here talking like this today, you hear me? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, when I'm saying these things, you look at me, I wonder, does he know what he's talking about? Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Because you know why? I had a Jewish rabbi when I was pastoring here in this church right back there in the office. He came in because he wanted to learn something about Seventh-day Adventists. In the course of our conversation, I said, Rabbi, he had his little yarmulke on his head. I said, Rabbi, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, what do you teach about the ethnicity of Jesus without the batting or the blinking of an eye? He said, Jesus was black. I said, okay, Rabbi. I said, what was the ethnicity of the ancient Hebrews? He said, they were black without the batting of an eye. And I said, Rabbi, I said, if that's the truth, I said, then why don't y'all teach people the truth? He smiled. And he said, Pastor Bruce, if I were to teach the truth, I would cease to be a rabbi. Everybody knows your truth but you. And then when I tell it like it is, they crucify me. I don't care. I'm a Marine. I can take the crucifixion. You know, Marine Corps taught me well. I can take the pressure, and I can take the criticism. I don't mind taking criticism. As long as I know that I'm in harmony with the Bible and the spirit of prophecy, I can sleep at night. Ellen White, in special testimony, said that Adam was not white. Neither was he sallow, which is a yellow color. He was ruddy, which is a reddish brown. The Bible says in Genesis 2-7 that man was created from black clay soil. Now, they won't tell you that. But I'll tell you why they won't tell you. Because the word Adam in the Hebrew means, it's pronounced Adam, A-D-H-A-M. That means black. There's another word that sounds just like Adam, but it's spelled differently. It's spelled H-D-O-M. That means red. God never created man out of red clay dirt. He created man out of black clay soil. Even the ancient Canaanite language, which is older than the Hebrew language, but the ancient Hebrew, which is Aramaic, and the Canaanite language, they, they're just about the same. You know what the Canaanite language says? Man was created from the black mud of the river. So nobody wants to hear about it anymore, Pastor. That's beyond. You know what's messed us up? Internet and social media. It's killed our desire to learn about our own history. But see, you weren't here when I had to ride on the back of the bus. You weren't here when I had shotgun stuck in my face because I wanted to order food out of a restaurant and they told me so-and-so get in the back, you can't order food here. Mama King, am I telling the truth? Knew what I did as a pastor. Early in Southeastern Conference, being stopped on I-95 so many times just because I was black. Profiling. One time they stopped me, preacher, it was on the, on the dust dock, and I stopped. I said, sir, why did you stop me? He said, you were weaving, and I just wanted to check to see whether you were all right. I said, no, I wasn't weaving. He said, yes, you. I said, no, sir, I was not weaving. I was wide awake. You know, I loved the fish. I was going down to Sebastian Inlet, and I wanted to get back home to Gainesville. I was pastoring in Gainesville at the time. And he said, sir, do you have any drugs in the car? I said, no, sir. He said, you have any weapons? I said, no, sir. He said, well, I'm going to search your car. I said, no, you're not. 
You're not going to let me search? God said, no, sir, you're not going to search my car. He said, wait a minute. He got on the phone. He called, and all of a sudden, about two minutes later, another car rolled up with a dog. He jumped out and said, since you didn't let me search your car, we have the right to have this dog search your car. I said, all right, but you better not put nothing in my car. So I followed him around the car. Everywhere he went, I went, he said, sir, can you back up? He said, no, sir. I said, no, I'm not backing up. I know y'all. What do you mean you know us? He said, you blacks and Puerto Ricans make me sick. I said, I knew it was there. I said, see, that's what I'm talking about. I said, let me tell you something. I said, I'm a veteran of the United States of America. I said, I fought in Vietnam. I should be dead 10 times. I should not be going through this foolishness with you. And so I got mad. I didn't lose my temper. I got mad, and I was dead up in his face. And the Holy Ghost said, Bruce, back yourself down before you get yourself in a lot of trouble. But I was, you know how you get hot, you get mad. You know, I'm, I'm mad. I said, no. And so I said, I said, so we make you sick because we're black and Puerto Rican? I said, let me tell you something. I said, you're just as racist. Give me your badge number. I took out my little pen. My hand was shaking because I was mad. <laughs> Y'all forgive me, saints. I'm just telling it like it is, you know. So he, uh, he said, okay, take my badge number down. I said, yes, I said, and I said I'm going to report you to your commander. I said, you know what? You're the same policeman that stopped me three months ago. I said, I was I said you're the same guy that stopped me. No, it wasn't me. I said, yes, you're the same guy that stopped me. So I was so mad, L.O. Byrne, when they let me go, I put the pedal to the middle, I put gravel and dirt all up in their face. I shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. That was wrong. But you know, I got weaknesses too. That was wrong. That wasn't right. But I did do it. And I said, you know something? God said, I had mercy on you because they could have shot you to death like they did all these boys now. But I'm saying, saints, that this is what you need to understand. That lying in the belly of that slave ship, packed like sardines, 12 weeks laying on their backs, chained together among the dying and the dead. Can you imagine the mental health issues laying next to somebody dead in their feces and urine and you can't move and the sores of that urine is eating up your body and eating up your flesh and there are cockroaches running all over you. There are rats running, eating the dead on the ship and there's nothing you can do about it. That will affect your mind. Now you wonder why we're as sick as we are? I died changed on the ship. Some days we didn't eat at all, but the diet was corn, beans, yams, rice, and palm oil. It was during slavery that our health began to deteriorate. Entombed in the belly of the slave ships, there was a lack of fruits, nuts, and grains, and sunshine, and fresh air, and our mental health began to be affected. You can say what you want, and I'm telling you something, saints, that people don't realize. Everything that happened to your ancestors is in you. There's a nucleus called the red nucleus in your brain, and scientists have said that everything that happened to your ancestors is in that nucleus, is, is transferred uh, DNA-wise to the preserving of the species. Why do you think you're so strong? You didn't get that from yourself. You got it from your ancestors. Mm. 
So, there was no sunshine, no fresh air. Our mental health began to be affected. Separated from mom and daddy, sister and brother, auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpa, our health began to deteriorate. You know, it's bad when you're alone and you're on a slave ship chained. You can't see your mama and some of these were children separated from brother and sister. That's going to affect you. I'm trying to paint this picture. When the slave ship landed in the Caribbean in Brazil and South and Central America and North America, our diets drastically changed. We went from fruits, nuts, and grains to scraps. Y'all didn't hear me. Fruits, nuts, and grains to scraps from butchered pigs and cows. So we had pigtails, pig feet, pig ears, pig snout, which is the nose, and we had chitlins, which is the intestines. But I'm going to tell you something, chitlins did not start with Africa. Chitlins start with Europeans in Europe. When they couldn't get food, they ate chitlins before we ever knew about a chitlin. They ate pig brains and cow brains, neck bones, chicken feet, cow feet. Now, I know y'all don't eat that stuff now. Y'all been saved. <laughs> oh, Lord. I've heard some Adventists say, Pastor, said, you know, I, I know that I'm not supposed to eat, but this pork chop show tastes good. And, and I haven't gotten victory. I said, well, keep praying. You'll get the victory, saints. If you can, you get the victory. Listen, not only this, saints. You are what you eat. Slaves were given weekly rations. Here's what the rations consisted of. Cornmeal, lard, which is pig fat, some meat, molasses, peas, greens, and flour. And the slaves had to prepare their meals before the sun got up in the slave cabins so they could be finished eating. When the sun rose, they were ready to go to work. And they worked from sunrise to sundown. Listen, saints, the beatings. I'm talking about why are we so sick. The beatings, the whippings, the hatred, the stress, the post-traumatic stress. In Vietnam, I suffer some of post-traumatic stress, which means that when you, they used to call it shell shock back in the day in World War II, that when you, a bomb blows up around you, you know, it, it bothers with your nerves. And so coming from out of Vietnam where I was in a lot of battles and a lot of dangerous areas and saw a lot of people die standing next to me, have you ever seen anybody's brains on you with blood mixed to it? Looks like ketchup and eggs. And you hear the cries of people, and you got to deal with that mentally. Slaves had no counseling series. Master could walk up and shoot your mama dead, and you had to watch your mama die. And you had to deal with that mentally. Are you wondering why we are so sick? And then when your brother and your sister were sold and you never saw them again, your aunt and your grandma were sold and you never saw them again, homosexual slave masters and homosexual lesbian women mess with our children.
Dr. Joy DeGroote Leary, whom I brought here, has a book called Post-Traumatic Slavery. We had no counseling after all that we'd been through. We had nobody to talk to about how we felt. So all that stress messed with our health and our mentality. See, you think it hasn't affected you, so I ask you this question. Why is it that when you get in front of white people, you change your way of talking? It affects your mind. Why? Because they said that you're inferior to them. They said that you can't talk like they talk. So it's a defense mechanism. You could have just been, what's happening, brother? Oh, man, I'm just chilling. Ain't nothing going on. And when you get in front of white people, you change your spirit and say, God be praised. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Praise the Lord. And why do you say that? You say that because you don't want them to think that you're in fear like they've said. So therefore, as a defense mechanism, you talk like they talk to make them know that you're just on the same level that they're on. It affects your mind, and it has affected our minds. No, no, no. I've got a PhD. i got a master's degree. I don't care what kind of degree you have. You're still human. After slavery, there was no counseling. Then after slavery came institutional racism, stress, oppression, depression. I'm, I'm closing in a little bit. Denial of basic human rights, abuse mentally. Black women are the most, boy, I tell you, I have to say this. Black women are some strong women. Praise God for you all. You're the ones that help us men stand on our feet when we want to fall. Amen. And that's why God made black women like he made, not only black women, all women like he made them. They were made as a help meet for men. That's not derogatory. You are one. And so God made a woman so that she could read her husband like a book. And men don't like wives reading us like a book. And that's why God put the woman out in front of the man. She was the gatekeeper. She had the gift of wisdom. And God gave her that to help you, man. You can't see some of the things that women can see. And I used to get mad with me, man. You can't see some of the things that women can see. Y'all women ought to be shouting now. You can't see it. Why? Because God gave that woman abilities, man. She can sense things that a man just can't sense. I don't care how you put it. God bless women with that ability. Why? To protect you and keep you moving in the will of God. That's why he did it that way. Her, her, her purpose was to help you stay in the will of God. And when she stepped to you and said, well, man, listen, don't go down this road. That, that's the wrong way. God expects you to listen to that woman. <laughs> See, y'all y'all don't want y'all don't want the truth. Y'all want me to play with it. But I can't play with it, Saints. This is Valentine's Day. That's why I'm diverting a little bit, preacher. Y'all, y'all work with me. I'll be through in a minute. What time is it? Y'all y'all ain't got no clocks up here, do you? 
What time is it, Brother Chuck? It's one o'clock already? What time did y'all get me up? That's all right. Let me, let me, let me hush him. Then I got, I got to get out of here. Out of respect to my good friend from the pastor, I got to follow the program. But listen, saints, this, this is it. God made that woman so powerful that when it came to deceiving mankind, Lucifer could not go to the man except through the woman. If he had went to the man, he wouldn't have gotten nowhere. God knew that the woman has the power. She was seeking wisdom. And God knew that he was going to give the woman that anyhow. But Lucifer deceived her and said, you can get wisdom if you disobey God. But the woman has the ability to persuade a man. Are y'all men that ain't going to persuade me? Yes, she can. Just let her put you in the doghouse for a couple of days. Just a couple of days. Not a week, just a couple of days. Put you in the doghouse for a couple of days and you change your mind. A woman, God gave the woman, she was to, that word, that word in, in, the, in the Hebrew says she was to be a, a help meet. That word help means to run up to with strong urgings and a woman has ability to move a man to repel, to move him, to, to move by strong urging. That's the ability God gave a woman. So when a woman steps to you, man, and she's talking strong, don't say she's trying to be bossy. She's not trying to be bossy. She's doing what God gave her the ability to do, to move you, to urge you to do what's right. A woman protects your emotional and intellectual well-being. You let a woman say, you say, well, I'm the man in this house. The woman said, you ain't worth two cents. <laughs> and see how that affects your head. And let her keep saying it. You're not worth anything. But a woman, when she says, baby, you're the, you're the man. Baby, you, but you, you, you're the best man I've ever had. See, when I see you coming, I start walking on air. You, you him, you, you it. You, man, a man's chest will rise, his head will swell. He's, I'm the man. I'm the man. Why? Because your wife told you you were the man. She has that kind of ability. But yet, you, you know I'm telling the truth, right? I'm messing with him because I see him. But listen, saints, this is true. Depression, denial of basic human rights, 100 years of lynching, destruction of black family, lack of employment, lack of money, lack of health, healthy food and water, racist doctors. Yeah, I said that. Racist doctors. Bad medicine. Or oh, you think you get the same kind of medicine? When I was in New York, they delivered some medicine that was supposed to go to the Jewish community. It came in the hood. You should have seen the hood medicine went to the Jewish community. Within 24 hours, they were on the news. This medicine went out the wrong. If the medicine is the same, then why is it such a problem? Because you have to understand that slavery did not want you to survive. But God was with us. And no matter how many times they tried to kill us, they couldn't. 
because God was with us. That's why we stand on the shoulders of our ancestors, those strong black men and women that had to go down Moses and, you know, all those songs we used to sing. They, them people went through some trouble. That's why you young people need to appreciate the older ones that's gone on before you. You're standing on their shoulders. KKK lawyers, KKK policemen, KKK judges, directly relating to diet, food, stress, depression, and our history is the cause of heart disease and strokes and cancer and diabetes and mental illnesses. You know, black people are afraid to go to a counselor. Listen, because you're dealing with depression don't mean that you're crazy. It means you got some issues that you're dealing with that you maybe need to talk to somebody. But we're afraid of it because it's put a stigma on us that we're crazy if we go to the psychiatrist. No, make sure you get a good Christian one and avoid that Freudian psychology. Talk to your pastor, talk to somebody. Because you know why? Black teenagers are committing suicide at an alarming rate. They got nobody to talk to. And parents stop being so busy that you can't listen to your children. You better watch your children. Watch them and see what's going on with them so you know when the children need to talk to somebody. All this has affected our health. There are 40 million black people, nearly 45 million black people in America today. By the year 2060, our numbers will have increased to 55 million or 60 million. Blacks' mental health went from 13.6% to 16%. Out of the many blacks that are in America now, that's 6.8 million black people, more than the combined populations of Chicago, Philadelphia, and Houston, Texas are dealing with mental issues. Race-based exclusion. Do you know how it feels when somebody excludes you just because you're black? Do you know how bad that hurts when you see other people getting benefits that you can't get? It's affecting our health. Economic disparities. Racism has the most impact on mental health. It does. It's bad when you know that people don't like you. How do you think it feels among us as Christians in the church when you know somebody in the church don't like you? That's a terrible thing to experience in God's house. But listen, black folk are at 20% more than whites to have psychological problems. Adult black people are likely to feel sadness, hopelessness, and worthlessness, and we are more schizophrenic than anybody else. Schizophrenic when you're looking over your shoulder? Because we, we've been through so much, we're always looking, trying to see what's gonna happen next. Y'all can laugh, but this is the truth. All right, when you're riding down I-95, 
and you see somebody with a blue light, it's not the police, but somebody got one of them blue lights, you freeze all of a sudden, you start getting scared. Come on, am I telling the truth? And let me tell you something. No, I can't. I don't have time. Come this afternoon. We'll talk about this afternoon. I need to get out from here. But listen, we're still eating the same food that we ate during slavery time. A lot of fried foods packed with grease, sugar, starches, overcooked vegetables, white rice, mac and cheese. Uh-oh. Chicken with the skin on it. Mm, beef. Goat swimming in grease. Processed cheese. French fries, chicken nuggets, uh-oh. Salted products, processed foods with so many preservatives. Well, if they put all them preservatives and you eat it, what do you think that's preserving your insides? Why do you have hardening of the arteries and hardening of the liver? Because you're eating all that processed food. And God is not going to interfere with the ripping process when he told you don't put it in your body. No, you're not. That your body is the temple of God. Can somebody come to the piano? Or the organ. The Bible says, if any man defile this temple, him will God also destroy. Do you know the mind sympathizes with the body? When your mind is not feeling right, your body will suffer. And when the body is tired, and you say, Phew, I'm tired. The mind said, Me too. And both of y'all go down. We've got to become converted on the point of health reform. Saints, I'm serious now. We've got to come serious on the point of appetite. What started this mess was starting eating on the point of appetite. When Eve allowed Satan to deceive her on the point of appetite, but Jesus came along and picked up the baton in that 40 days in the wilderness, and he gave us power over appetite again. My greatest problem now it's white sugar. It's like cocaine to me. Because when I eat the white sugar, it's like a drug addict. What do you mean, preacher? This, here's what I mean. That when I stay off sugar, I say, I'm not eating no sugar today. Yep, praise the Lord, I ain't no sugar today. No, sir, no sugar today. And I see a donut. I said, Lord, 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 give me strength. <laughs> I don't want to eat this donut. Please, Lord, give me strength. I'm going around praising the Lord. Lord, Lord, you're going to give me strength. And I three-fourths of the day, I haven't touched nothing sweet. When I get home, and my wife told me, honey, don't bring any more stuff in here that's sweet like that because you won't be tempted. And I said, that's all right. No, I just bring a little piece in. Just a little piece is all right. Just let me get a little piece in there. It's going to be all right. She said, honey, I told, don't bring that in here. Because you tempt me too. But she's not a sweet person. Her thing, can I tell you what you? Yeah, her thing is potato chips. You know, she, she, I'm sorry for telling on you, baby. But see, her thing is potato chips. She, that's her problem. But see, when that last little donut I saw, I saw some little donut in the refrigerator, Elder. And I was, I said, no, I shouldn't eat it. I said, I've got the whole day. I've almost, I'm almost there. And I said, ah, oh, let me go drink some water. I drank the water, went and laid down in the bed. 11 o'clock. I said, well, oh boy. Ah, I said, I'm not sleepy right now. So let me go in the kitchen. Some said, don't go in the kitchen. 
I said, let me go in the kitchen. Let me go in the kitchen. I went in the kitchen and passed by the refrigerator, and the door didn't open by itself. I opened it and looked at that donut. I said, oh, Lord. The Holy Ghost said, don't do it, boy. I went in there as my hand was reaching for the donut. Holy Ghost said, don't eat it. I got it. It said, don't put it to your mouth. I said, don't do it. I, I said, mm, mm. I said, I'm not going to do it. Mm, and I ate it. And you know what happened? <laughs> then I felt guilty. I said, Lord, have mercy. I said, I know I shouldn't be eating that donut. 11 o'clock at night, I know better. But let me tell you what happens. That dopamine kicked in. The same dopamine that kicks up when a crack king addict gets a hit on crack cocaine, it gives that good, mmm, yeah. Ooh, yeah, everything is nice now. But sugar does the same thing. It's a drug. Not to mention the mucus it puts in your body. And God says, now what we got to do, saints, is put the enemy to flight. Glorify God in your eating and your drinking because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Saints, we've got to do better in our health. We've got to overcome and the key to overcoming lies in the power of your own will. All you have to say is, Lord, I don't want to eat this. God says, Wesley, you don't want to eat it? I said, no, Lord, I don't want to eat it. Then God says, if you don't want to eat it, just let me have your will. Just will not to eat it because the secret to overcoming anything lies in the power of your own will. The devil can't make you do anything against your will. God will not let him do it. Whatever you do, you choose to do it. So what God says is, give me your will and I supply it with my power. And you can all always overcome all things through Christ who strengthens me. So how many want to make a change in your diet today? How many want to really ask God to give you victory over certain things you're fighting with that's going to cause you to have heart disease? All that cheese you're eating? All them gravies with all that grease? That garlic bread with all that butter? I know I'm hitting some things, but I'm hitting myself too. Because so now my wife, for the last two weeks, we've been drinking, been juicing our own juice, and we've been drinking. What's in that juice is kale. Cucumber. A lemon, a pear, green apples, fresh ginger, fresh turmeric, carrots, blueberries, strawberries, celery, and we drink that every morning. You know what it does? Gives me energy and I'm losing the weight. Yeah, I'll text it to you. I got it in my phone. I can text it to you. It's powerful. That fresh ginger and turmeric will alleviate a lot of pain in your body. The brother that gave it to me said, I last three months I was suffering. He said, now my cholesterol is normal. My blood pressure is down to normal. And my sugar is down to normal. 
I'm telling you, you can reverse a lot of these diseases. It depends on how you eat. And God says, if you want to be more healthier, you can make up your mind today. Now, if you want to play with God, don't play. But if you're really trying to get rid of some stuff, stand on your feet if you're trying to get rid of some things. And you want to ask God to give you strength. The Bible says this. As I shared with the saints last night, cast all your care upon Jesus, for he cares for you. All your cares upon Jesus, because he cares for you. Lord, I got a problem with my eating. Cast that upon Jesus. You can't handle that by yourself. Give it to God. He will help you with it. Then, Lord, what can I do? He says, cast all your cares. Because if you don't put all your cares upon Jesus, guess what happens? The devil who is your enemy will depress you, oppress you, suppress you, isolate you, and wear you out because you're not putting all on God. How do you do that? You cast all your cares upon Jesus through the vehicle of your faith. Faith is the instrument you use to cast your cares upon Jesus, not by a mere mental ascent. You can't do it in your own strength. But if you really want to do that, I want you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Loving Father, can, can you, can you just, just, just stop the music just for a minute? And you're good. I just got to talk to Jesus about this. Loving Father, you know our history as black people. We're the sickest people on earth. And there's some here this morning that are tired, Lord. Tired of wrestling with the same old habit of overcoming sugar, meat, other things, dear God, that we're wrestling with. You said that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you said, my father, if any man defile this temple, him shall God also destroy. And you said through your servant, dear God, you will not stop the reaping process of what we've sown. You will forgive us. But, oh, Lord God, we have things we need to overcome as it relates to our diet, Lord. We can't do it, Father, in our own strength. We need your grace. Help us, Jesus. Please help us, Lord. If sugar is the problem, then, Lord, give us victory to overcome it. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Nothing is impossible for you to do, Lord. There are those that are struggling with diseases now, dear God, and you can heal diseases. you got the power, dear God, to heal if you choose to. So, Lord, I'm laying it out. If there are those who, who are suffering with various diseases that they said can't be cured, I pray that you would show forth your great power, Lord, and let a miracle happen. Let your people know, dear God, that you're the same God. I pray, my Father, that you'd remember those that are struggling with diseases they can't control. Father, in the name of Jesus, if you choose not to take the disease away, then please give strength to bear the burden and carry the cross. Because, Lord, we don't want to lose our way. We want to be saved in your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that you would accept the commitment of those who are standing and even some of those that are sitting who say they want to change these diets, Lord. 
But, oh, God, we can't do it in our own strength. We need you, so help us, Lord, from the youngest to the oldest. Help us in the name of Jesus, and we'll give you all the praise, honor, and the glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let the people of God say amen. 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 Saints, see you this afternoon at 5.